From KIOS in Omaha, you're listening to Riverside Chats. I'm Tom Noblock, and today I'm talking with Joel Damon and Josh Powell, founders and curators of the independent arts space Project Project. The cool thing about Omaha is things are really possible here. Like, you can run a incredibly active visual art gallery and not get paid for a single minute of it for going on eight years. This is kind of like being on a, on a sports team in a small town. There's room for everybody. Like, everybody gets to play. We talk about their upbringings, the value of curation, and navigating the arts culture in Omaha. Stay tuned for the conversation after this break. Riverside Chats is sponsored by listeners like you. Pitch in to keep this podcast going strong, bringing you the unique perspectives, personalities, and topics you love. Click the listener support link in the podcast notes for this episode to learn more. Welcome to Riverside Chats. I'm Tom Noblock. Today I'm talking with Joel Damon and Josh Powell, who founded and curate Project Project, an independent contemporary art space in South Omaha. Project Project hosts new visual art exhibitions on the second Friday of every month, as well as public lectures and performances. Here's our conversation. I've got Joel Damon and Josh Powell here. And, you know, I, I, I for some reason, I don't know if you've listened to the show before, I, I very inconsistently start off, uh, like sometimes we just jump into the conversation for now. For this one, I felt the need to introduce you, maybe just so I hear, I hear, my, I hear myself say your names. I don't know what the deal is. But. <laughs> so you guys, uh, you're both from Omaha, right? Originally? No. No? Neither of you? No. Nope. Oh, man. Bad Close. first question. We yeah. hit our we Pretty hit close. Our pass just well. across the river. Yeah. Okay, you're both from Iowa? No, I'm from I grew up in a small town in South Dakota okay. outside of uh, Sioux City. Okay. Yeah. And you you're from Iowa. Yep. yep. All right. So, growing up in disparate sort of different places, uh, eventually find each other and find art and all of that. Were you were, were you coming from artistic backgrounds, artistic families? Yeah, I would say I would say so. Um, my parents wouldn't say that they are, but they are both pretty creative. Um, I've always enjoyed art, and that's what I went to school for. It. I went to UNL and received a bachelor's of fine arts there. What did you study? What, what type of art? My main focus was painting and sculpture. Yeah, I uh, someone I know is doing a sculpture bachelor of fine arts now, and you know, sculpture is one of those things. It's just like I I don't know what all counts as sculpture because in my mind it's like you know the old renaissance stuff or like you know uh, michelangelo or whatever i don't like what what all uh is encompassed in sculpture at this point because like it doesn't have to be stone for example right no pretty much i mean whatever you yeah, want a 3d object Jeez. yeah okay yeah I, I, uh or that's a big i mean that's that is a big question but i mean what about yeah. 3d modeling anything is that sculpture yeah, yeah. i would call that sculpture yeah, yeah why not i guess digital, art, yeah. digital sculpture yeah i mean I, i've seen paintings <clears throat> that that i would call sculpture yeah and i would I've, I've seen you know paintings that artists have called drawing and and performance or whatever yeah well, who cares what the hell it is you know, i guess it's a problem it. with asking <laughs> artists let's make some concrete <laughs> categories how do you feel about this there's not a lot of rules in my mind <laughs> yeah no it, i mean i think i think folks have always been assembling materials to represent something and marble and granite and all that stuff just became popular for a little while yeah well okay so so joel what was your background what was your family like my family uh i i uh so i grew up in a town of two thousand people with you know video gambling and um fireworks uh but it was it was cool my folks my both my folks uh i was raised by hippies yeah both were visual artists uh i got a photo of them on vacation the other day and it's like, man, what amazing old hippies uh, my parents have continued to be my entire <laughs> life. But yeah, no, both visual artists. My mom's a poet uh, as well. Um, my dad, uh, when in the 60s, when my dad was talking to his guidance counselor about what he wanted to do in college, uh, the guidance counselor, he told him that he wanted to go to art school. And the guidance counselor said that, that art school is for women. Uh, I don't know if that was enough to get him to change his mind, but somehow he ended up going into psychology and uh, was a uh, social th- psychiatric social worker for 45 years or something. And then he retired and enrolled in the BFA program at a local school up in Sioux City and wow. stopped cutting his hair. <laughs> sleeps <laughs> sleeps till 10 now. Oh, it's hilarious. And he just paints all day. It's great. You know, it's hilarious. 
what's interesting to me is I so like I, I grew up in a, a not very artistic household and art was kind of a fun way to uh, be different I guess from my parents but for you guys it, there wasn't like a rebellious urge to be very uh, you know straight laced and anti art because your parents were so into it no <laughs> you must no. get along with your parents better than I do <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah we had that's a great probably, relationship that's probably true yeah I think we both we both get along with both our folks really well yeah I love his parents too they're yeah they're incredible folks yeah I don't know yeah I guess <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. To, to go into your history are you saying that your parents were were disinterested in art and and your interest in it felt like it was something that kind of uh, a, a nice individual quality of yourself that set you apart yeah, from your I own get, family? I, I think so. I think uh, I think people tend to go one way or the other on that, right? You either want to continue the line of whatever your parents are doing or you're really not interested in recreating that. And you, so you find something that feels disparate enough that uh, they maybe like you almost want to find something that they don't know how to appreciate because then you have to figure out your own language uh, that they can't teach you. Oh, yeah. Well, that's where, you know, skateboarding and punk rock come in ah there we go <laughs> well okay so but like to, to get into the arts and it sounds like you're you know your dad had this problem too which is like it can be kind of scary and you enter into this sort of precarious world of chance and hoping that opportunities are going to arise and that it's maybe going to get you know there's there's the question of recognition there's the economics all of that seems kind of scary was were those considerations that were deterring when you're young and trying to figure out what you want the future to look like <laughs> Yeah, I had an artist from Omaha. He was at this like summer art fair up in Sioux City, and he, I was like, I was sixteen, fifteen, something like that. I had these giant jinkos on, probably looked so incredible, and I, I introduced myself, and I'm like, I want to go to art school. I want to be an artist, and he's like, Don't. <laughs> <laughs> you have to paint houses, and you have to be a plumber and an electrician, and you have to have all these jobs, and you, it makes you hate your art. Just don't do it. And it was like, oh, that's that's terrible advice for anyone. But yeah, but, but so yeah, that happens all the time. I mean, though. it does. It does. Yeah, it is, it's yeah. inevitably going to become a job to some extent, right? Like even if it is your passion, like it's not this constant, one hundred percent fulfilling uh, journey, one hundred percent of the way. Yes. Yeah. I think no. But the difference with this sort of stuff is, is you know, you go to work, whatever your job is, right? How you make money, and you you do something, and most of it probably isn't fun or exciting or invigorating, but you do it, and some of it's great, right? And it's like, oh, that makes it a good job. With stuff like this, it's the same, but that, that extra little bit that makes it kind of worthwhile is, is so much larger. Um, the, the impact that any of this can have, you know, the, the arts and supporting it, and uh, it's... it's uh, ability to thrive that's that's uh, you know so much bigger than you know um it makes all the all the terrible stuff uh that artists can put you through uh completely worth it <laughs> well i guess this leads to kind of a natural next question which is sort of like Omaha and the arts culture of Omaha is uh, maybe not the intuitive place that people who want to be artists would land, right? Like, why? Why? I mean, Omaha for school makes one degree of sense, but why sure. settle here as, as artists? Oh man, well, I, w I don't know if I would make a that broad of a statement. Like, I, I would say, what what's your goal as an artist? Um, I think if you're willing and able to, to, you know, put yourself out on Instagram or have a great website, things like that, get your name out there and really hustle, you can live here. Um, but if you're hoping to be discovered or, or <laughs> something like that here... Yeah, I don't know. I, think, I don't know. I think some people think that it's cool that <clears throat> the Bemis is here and the Koneko is here. Oh, yeah, we have lots of great stuff. There's things like that, and that might entice them to stay here. I don't know why, like, if that if that would help them or help their career at all. But it, it is kind of a – it's a well, it is a cool place to be in. And so, everyone's different. You know, you have the people that want to go to New York, and then you have the people that like being close to their families and trying to trying to make it on their own here. So I think it's just – 
you know, people are different in that sense. Yeah. I never, I, I don't know, like, I, just the same with college. I never had the, like, the drive to go far away to college or... Because you like your parents. Yeah, because I like my parents. <laughs> I like my family. I want to stay here. No, it's, and yeah, I do, I do have this, like, sense of pride of, of home and, and, like, building, making things better where I'm at and not, not, not to say that it's wrong to, like, go somewhere else, but... Yeah. Yeah. No. Neither. Neither option is is the best option, I guess. But yeah, here. the The cool thing about Omaha is things are really possible here. Like you can run a incredibly active visual art gallery and not get paid for a single minute of it for going on eight years. Like you know, I so I worked with the Bema Center for a long time, and I met artists, you know, that had gone through the residency circuit and the exhibitions, you know, from all across the globe. And when they hear that, you know, you can get a mortgage payment that's in the 600s or that you can rent a gallery space that has a backyard and studios in the basement for what we pay. (laughs) I mean, that's enticing. yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Things you if you like this is kind of like being on a on a sports team in a small town there's room for everybody like everybody gets to play in that kid the you know firework accident kid or whatever like well so i mean neither <laughs> of you had a phase then where you tried to get out of the midwest and do art in a more in a bigger art hub no no i kind of you know i had the urge to try to have a show somewhere else or like you were talking about grad school somewhere else too for a minute. Yeah, there was a second about grad school going somewhere for that, but <laughs> that didn't last very long. <laughs> I moved on from that. Yeah, I just I, I really like it here. I like this. I like this town. If you're just joining us, I'm talking today with Joel Damon and Josh Powell about Project Project, an independent contemporary art space in South Omaha. Join the conversation on social media or call in with what Omaha issue is on your mind this week with a brief voicemail to 402-881-0089 for a chance to be featured on one of our upcoming shows. Well, yeah, I think it's interesting. And one of the things I wanted to talk to you guys about was there's almost this dissonance, it feels like, because there there is a fair amount of support for arts in Omaha among some people. But I don't know that many of them have much power for the you know what happens in the city. And I think, uh, like, you can kind of see this in this battle over what to do with the downtown library, too. Sure. The fact that the people like uh, the mayor don't really see the value in that space being used for something that's sort of like this hub of culture, like a library, Mm -hmm. that ultimately she and the council and other people around her get to make that call, and it seems like they've kind of made that call, but the result of that is sort of this outpouring of negative energy about that call. So it's sort of like you get like two Omahas mashed together in here, which I don't know, that seems like it might sometimes be frustrating for you. you. How do you feel about that? You know, we're, we, we're, we're getting there. Um, we've got some, there's some pretty gnarly folks that have um, probably a, against better judgment stepped into those arenas a little bit uh, over the last few years, especially. Uh, and more people seem to be throwing their hat in the ring. I, I, we're, but we're also a really purple city. Um, I I think with that you're going to get a lot of folks that say things that I I they I don't know how to put it without sounding like a jerk. Like you can be a jerk. It's fine. I don't know. Just like <laughs> yeah, it, it, it sucks. It sucks. It uh it sucks that the mayor doesn't uh put a higher priority on art. But does that make her a bad mayor? Nah, I don't know. I don't think so. Um. I just wish she had slightly different priorities than I do, or than she does now. What? So why do you, why do you think art isn't a priority for a lot of people in politics? It's hard to explain why it's important. That's for sure. It's probably not high in the totem pole of being reelected. Like, be like you mean like uh, supporting the arts gets you reelected? Yeah, it's or you're saying their, it's it's not, it's not going to help you in their thought process. Oh yeah, well no no because you know we're all poor. <laughs> yeah, but isn't that kind of an interesting <laughs> dissonance? Like the people who are into art 
people who are moved, whether it's specifically the kind of art that you guys create, whether it's just, you know, TV music that you sort of come across, that is a big part of the cultural lives of a lot of people. And it can be, you know, these big moments that help form personalities that help you get through times. I, but like, it is interesting that I think about a lot of the people like, like I had Mayor Stothert on this show. I talked to her for an hour and uh, I don't know that she's into art specifically. I don't know what moves her. I don't know what exactly would be something that she'd consider foundational that maybe she watches or listens to. And it's just like we do have this this sort of divorced perception of public figures sometimes from being people who enjoy things. Yeah, I mean, uh, just because she's mayor, she's supposed to care about everything that, that, that we find important. Like, I would, I would hope that she would uh, listen to people's concerns, and I'm sure she does. Uh, but, yeah, I think I... I Again, going back to why we started the gallery in the first place and why we operate the way we do is I, I think it's also completely fine to take things into your own hands and just figure it out for yourself and then hope other people enjoy it. Well, let's, okay, let's, let's hear that story then. What are the origins of Project Project? MySpace. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> oh, so I guess that was the very beginning. That was, that's how we met. You met on MySpace? Yeah, we met. We're old. <laughs> wow, okay. Told you. Yeah. <laughs> I just got new boots that finally look like normal boots, but they serve a definite orthopedic function. So, okay. Yeah, Joel <laughs> hit me up on, feet and Joel hit me up on MySpace, <laughs> and, then, and then we became friends. Yeah. You know, he was working on his first show. He was curating his first show at Bancroft Street Gallery. Yeah. And I kind of jumped in as a participating artist in that show. Um but yeah, I kind of ended up sticking yeah. around and helping them hang the show, and then we kind of decided that we were gonna keep working together on on that level on future shows. What um, was the, what was the first show that you put together? It was called that, as a as a pair that yeah, we put yeah. together. Uh, the first one we did together was called Destroy, Rebuild, Repeat, and we took over three spaces uh, across the hundred block in Council Bluffs before it was before they had redone it. That was kind of our model was. We we would approach building owners of, of spaces that were vacant or abandoned or whatever, and uh, especially ones that were they were trying to push the space for new tenants. And we would say, you know, hey, we can we can drag four hundred people in here in one evening, and if you get one percent return, you know, on uh, in interest in your space, that's better than whatever you're paying. Google ads or whatever, you know, I don't remember what we would say back then. And we rarely got told no. And we got just handed keys and we would hang art in a weird space, drag a bunch of people down, find somebody to find a bar to, you know, get us a keg. And yeah, and that was the very first one. And it was a blizzard <laughs> that night. <laughs> and it was nuts. Yeah, that was really fun. And just you guys gelled, do like whatever both of you bring felt like a, a fruitful combination that was worth continuing. Yeah, something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Man. What yeah, do it was just always easy. Yeah, easy it to was work always together. easy. Where it's easy to work together. I mean, do you guys have? Do you look for the same things? Do you split it up, or like what, what would you say each of you is bringing to that curation? You you have like a wonderful reason, Josh. Like the thought that you put into your decisions is impressive. Wow, thanks. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing about you. It's on both sides. Like we, your reasoning is something that I wouldn't have ever thought of, and then maybe that's why you say that about me is because is I'll say something in your, and then you kind of act like, oh, I I didn't think about that. So we we kind of like help each other not have tunnel vision. Maybe my what I'm seeing down my tunnel is different than <laughs> yeah than what you're seeing. So we're like in a perpetual moon landing. Yeah, and yeah. it just works. Yeah. And so it sounds like you're mainly intuitive about it, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just seems to, I don't know, it just seems to come naturally. That's the, I think that's the, been the nicest thing about working with Josh all these years is it's just, they're, they're like, it doesn't even feel like a partnership. It just feels like this is what we do. There's never any like arguments or discussions. If someone feels really strongly about changing something, then we would have that discussion, but it never feels like, like a big compromise or anything. Never feels like work. Yeah. 
curation seems like it's it can be kind of difficult to learn, and also it almost might be uh, something that culturally used to be uh, more prevalent. Whereas now you just have access to pretty much anything, like especially I mean maybe not like physical art, but you think about like Netflix or whatever versus like TV versus sure. what was curated now is uh, endless. In fact, people all the time are complaining like Netflix had to add that like shuffle option just because people will scroll through all the options over you know hours and hours that they could have been watching things so i mean when you think about curation like what is the philosophy behind how to curate a show and uh you know how do you learn how to do that yeah the well one the idea of curated content is i i just i think it's fascinating you know how that word is has just taken off when i learned a lot of this stuff the word curation was already beyond what it originally, you know, it wasn't really like a caretaker of a collection anymore or anything like that. Uh, but yeah, now everything is everything is curated. Every everything's a curated collection of this, and it just means you picked something. Right. Uh, so it's kind of taken a lot of the beef out of that one. <laughs> but uh, like that, there is, yeah, your curation it, is it, tell, it says something about you, right? I mean, how, what you choose to shine oh, a light on. Yeah, yeah, and well, and, and that's the thing. It's I I don't think just because the word has has taken on sort of a new life, it doesn't mean that the act has. And I, I think the thing, the vein that kind of runs through it. And Josh, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but we're always we always seem to be surprised when we see the work of, a, of an artist that we're not familiar with. When we're surprised by what they're doing or why they're doing it, yeah, it's it, it, it's seeing something new is what it is. And that's that's always just such an incredible experience. Whatever that means, that's the sort of exhibitions that we, we try to reach out for and, and try to put up. Josh, would you say it was like that? It sounds like it's once again fairly just sort of this, it's this intuitive process of this feels right to sort of put together for whatever the focus is, or do you intellectualize it beyond that, or is it, is it more just a feeling? Uh, I think it always feels just really intuitive. Um, past that, once we get past that, if there are conversations when the work is actually in the space. We do a lot of moving things around. We also do a lot of handing keys over where artists already have an idea they talk to us about it you know we'll do studio visits or we'll have a lot of conversations with the artists about what they want to do in the space we we trust that you know that they're gonna go in and install the way that they've talked to us about it but uh, but we're always there to lend a hand and and help with install if we think something is just a bad idea we'll we'll talk to them about it but that doesn't really happen a lot i think it's just like we have a lot of conversations with the artists that we're going to work with but i guess going back to your point yeah it's just it just really feels in, intuitive in a way um beyond like the structural conversations that we have to have to make sure that that it's a success um but i think the surprise part of that is is maybe why it's keeps people coming back is because like we find these people that surprise us and then I think the the people that come out to our shows are also have those feelings. Yeah, that's the I think that's the other part of it is when it comes to how these shows are installed which we, we we use the word generous a lot uh when it comes to the the like our our visitors experience and it comes from Rachel Jacobson. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, actually, she doesn't even know this. I don't think I've ever even so she'll hear it on this show. It'll be hilarious. I don't know um, if she listens, but I, ho- I hope she does. You know we what? have this conversation Man, yeah. with every artist that we show with, and I think it's a nice conversation to have with them. It and, really but, is. Yeah. But yeah. So thanks, Rachel. Yeah. Yeah. This is this is so so great. So I had in, uh, I, I was the underground curator at at the Bema Center for um, the the last two years of its life, uh, which I don't I don't want to know what that says about me at all. But I installed a show by Shel Peterson and uh, installed this sculpture, actual sculpture, in a, in a way that she seemed to really like. And she called it a very generous welcome to the exhibition. And I, I really liked those words. And so now this, here we are easily over a decade later. And when we hang a show, we try to give our guests a generous welcome and a generous introduction into that artist's work. So That's really the first part of approaching a show is taking care of that generous welcome first. It and, is, yeah. And, <laughs> and, then, and then we move on from there. But it's that generous welcome is basically the first thing that you're going to see when you open the door. And the part that's cool is it, it, it's always different. Like it always presents itself in a different way. Every single artist. 
and the goal is just to share. We have extra energy and we have a great space and, um, you know, we, we love putting together shows. Project Project is just that. It's just us sharing that. Yeah, I mean, so I imagine you're sort of developing two lines of a relationship with Omaha audiences then as well, which is one, if they like what you're curating, what you're putting together, you build kind of like a brand of people trust your taste and that whatever you're going to put together hopefully will be interesting to keep going back to. But then also you have to kind of figure out, like, what what will Omaha people go see, right? What What is it that makes Omahans actually go to look at art? Uh, and so, like, what, what have you learned about that as you sort of developed, uh, you know, your, your clientele or whatever, oh, whatever you call man. it? You know, I don't I, – so I, I don't think we consider will people like this. I don't know if – I don't know if, if that's ever even come up once. Mm-hmm. But – because No, it's never been like a driving factor. We, yeah. It's always how can we how can we show this work in a manner that best is it, it best represents the artist's intentions. Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, uh, mm-hmm. But I mean, we've we've gotten into some gnarly stuff. Like what? Radioactive material. <laughs> <laughs> that, <laughs> um, uh, stolen, stolen, like uh, uh, artifact. Not art. It wouldn't be an artifact. It would be a uh, stolen. That's not, stolen, that makes, like like uh, like Hobby Lobby stealing no. Gilgamesh tablets. What does that mean? Yeah, no, like uh, 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 we had we had tar that was stolen from the La Brea tar pits. Okay. Uh, 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 what man? Like we had a we had a lit a, a, a woman in a performance that. Was just spitting wine on the guests. Okay, right, let's let's like, stop on like, some of these because I, I know you're saying you're worried. You don't worry about whether people will like it, but okay, like somebody spitting wine on guests. Surely, at some point, there's a conversation of, is this going to bother people? Is it going to backfire in there's, some way? Right? There's there's a conversation that we have with uh, guests when they come in that there might be a fountain in there that's going to spit on you and if you don't want that to happen don't go in and people were people deterred by that one? it was one time yeah i mean that was one <laughs> i'm not night. saying it's like a haunted house for you, <laughs> you know, but. uh i i think i remember oh oh no joke that's there's a so our very we had we had koozies made uh with the quote from our very first uh it was like one of the very first facebook comments someone ever posted about Project Project or something. Some dude in Hawaii just wrote, plywood walls, yuck. <laughs> and that was it. So we made a koozie that said plywood walls, yuck. And I had a design for the second one, and it was uh, a quote that was overheard that night of a guy. It was a couple walking in, running into a couple they knew walking out, and the couple walking out, the two guys, or the guy said to the other guy going in, your girlfriend is going to hate this. <laughs> and or your your girlfriend is not going to like that or something like that. Oh, it's that's like, the next koozie? Oh, yeah. I would love that to be I, the next one. Yeah. So, I mean, we never intentionally did do, go set out to do something like that. Like provocative but that's sort what of things. The, that's what the artists wanted to do. Yeah. Um, and so we did it. Uh, and if, if something is going to be harmful in any way, we try to let people know. I think for the most part, pe- <laughs> the people that enjoy coming to our space have and I have a good idea of what kind of show it's um, it's going to be. And the new people that have never been in our space that walk in, I would say ninety nine point nine percent of them come back or really have a really good time. Yeah, I would. I, I would. I yeah. By me saying some of those words just now, I I, I do feel the need to well, clarify. There's you know there's. <laughs> It's a block where people stumble in and don't know what you're all about, and sometimes it's just not it's not their jam. Yeah, and we're well, we're in. So there's the the corner we're on. There's there's multiple arts based organizations right there, uh, or spaces, I should say, and they we all have a, a a fairly different sort of base clientele, but on the second Fridays when when all our shows open they all kind of blend together and we get a lot of new folks that come in and it's really been great to, I don't know, you just, you meet a different wing of the same community uh, and, and get to show them something they're not used to showing and, uh, or seeing. And a lot, of, a lot of folks could do come back. It's nice. I'm talking with Joel Damon and Josh Powell, founders and curators of Project Project, an independent contemporary art space in South Omaha. 
Let us know what you think. Follow Riverside Chats on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Stay tuned for the rest of the conversation after this break. Hi, and you're listening to Car Free Midwest. We're a podcast based in Omaha, Nebraska, exploring the stories, barriers, and joys of getting around the Midwest without a car. Our goal is to build a community around more transportation equity and less car dependency. I'm Sarah Johnson. And I'm Joshua LeBure. We'll be here every other week with interviews, topics, and documentary pieces covering all things transportation. And we'll be talking a lot about bikes, e-bikes, and cargo bikes, because once you get to know us, you'll find that that's what we're obsessed with. So subscribe to Car Free Midwest wherever you listen to podcasts. A production of Figure Podcasts. With support from Mode Shift Omaha. And welcome back to Riverside Chats. I'm Tom Noblock, and I've been doing this show for a while now. Check out the backlog of Riverside Chats episodes wherever you get podcasts. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or whatever your favorite app is. I'm talking today with Joel Damon and Josh Powell about Project Project, an independent contemporary art space in South Omaha, which hosts new visual art exhibitions as well as public lectures and performances on the second Friday of every month. Here's the rest of our conversation. Well, so, I mean, would you say then that the, the people in Omaha who are open to art, uh, who probably aren't holding elected office, uh, you know, they're, they're sort of just open to an experience then. It's not so much that they uh, that there's certain parameters. It's more that uh, they want to be engaged. They want to be present in whatever way it might be uh, not something that they encounter in their regular life. Yeah, I would hope so. I mean, that's all art is, is someone sharing their understanding of their human experience or the human experience or a human experience right it's it's you would hope people would seek out to hear about other people and the way they feel about things but that's not always the case um and that's all right whatever so what what were some of the shows then that you're most excited to have been able to put together in your time at project project goodness gracious do you have a favorite josh do you have an absolute favorite? There's so many that I love so much, and <laughs> that is, and I want to. Are you joking? No, I'm not joking. That was that was the 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 tone in your voice was. There, oh. are, there are so many. Oh no, I'm not joking at all. No. It's okay. it's just, I'm yeah, I'm total. There's so many that I that I love, um, and I feel like I'm gonna hurt feelings if I just say one. Heidi yeah. Wire and Bartlett, best show. I that's my vote. Uh, okay. She she did uh, she she wanted us to create a pine forest in the space and uh, have dirt on the floor and bring in pine trees. Yeah, yeah. So we had to we, we had to figure out how do you create the illusion of pine trees in this tiny space. Uh, and so we, you know, one part, of, here's a good, a good life lesson for you. Be nice to everybody just throughout your entire life smile at every stranger and that way it's a lot easier to ask them for favors down the road and they have a lot harder time saying no and yeah we called a guy and we're like hey do you know where you can get some pine boughs and he's like yeah i got it you know i'll be i'll be over tomorrow and a dump truck showed up with these like 20 were they like 20 foot massive these were branches off of the tallest tree in nebraska i think is what it what it was mm-hmm. and we trimmed them and then turned them upright and it looked like you were in the massive pine forest and there was this hour-long performance that took place in there and it was like it's gorgeous yeah yeah it was called rut rut yeah it was was a performance yeah yeah installation performance no okay so i was going to say rachel boosie yeah that was a cool one and there was a lot of really vibrant colored plush objects just abstract objects screwed to the walls and floor and uh, really late in the curation of that show we decided when we're thinking about how to light the show that we were just going to turn all the lights off and go buy a bunch of flashlights from the dollar store and that's how you were going to view the show was walking through with a flashlight yeah so we just turned all the lights off you, you were handed a little plastic flashlight when you walked in yeah I thought that was, was really fun. Yeah, that was that was fun. That was a, 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 a really the show. It just it was, but that's the thing. It was the it was the that was the right way to do it. 
Um, we just had to figure that out. It, lighting it like you would a normal 3D show wasn't working. She's uh, never shown her work that way. She probably didn't. She probably, probably didn't know that we were going to turn the lights <laughs> off on her work. Um, but it created a really it created a really cool experience where the viewers were were now exploring through the space, finding these objects and instead of just walking through a space that's very brightly lit. Yeah, every just, every single person had a had a completely unique experience. Like that's that's pretty that's pretty gnarly. Well, yeah. a, that, I mean, that's a good, I think, a good <clears throat> place to ask a question. Like, when you're thinking, uh, okay, presenting this traditionally is not going to work. Instead, we're going to do it in the dark. We're going to do it with glow-in-the-dark stuff. I mean, like, when you think about that, how, how, how conscious of you are this feels right versus this feels gimmicky or it feels like maybe the experience might distract from the art itself? I mean, how do you walk that line? I think it could have worked lit, but but there was that that instance where – we were just like, this would be a lot cooler. And then we just said, yeah. 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 It, right, felt, yeah. it just felt like yeah, – so your question is when, where does it cross a line, right? Between yeah. – I, I, I mean, I think that – I feel like themed exhibitions in general uh, could just stop. Uh, and I would, I would not miss them one bit. Why? But, What's uh, wrong with themed ones? It forces the artist's hand. Um, and I mean, there, there are plenty of artists that that enjoy those and participate in them, and, and I and but I really I think it, it it causes the artist to make something different and not in a good way. It, it pushes them too far into a corner, and they're always on the worst themes. It's always Tim Burton <laughs> stuff or the Seven Deadly Sins or. Harry Potter. Harry Potter or, you know, it's just like, can we can we do something cool maybe too? Like if we're going to do a theme show, can we talk about uh, something not related to, you know, pop culture or, or old-timey religion stuff? I don't know. Well, th- so this – So, yeah, this I, feels I, like... I still haven't answered your question. Okay, yeah. But it, so I, I apologize. Uh, I, I, I think that's – when you're what you're doing uh, when it comes to our work, when we work with the artist on how to display it, is our hand more apparent than the artist's? I think I think when you get to a a, a point like that, then then you've probably already gone too far, um, and you're probably not even at gimmick yet. Well, so it sounds like, I mean, did you have bad experiences then with having to do these kinds of themes when you guys were starting as artists where you maybe weren't able to trust intuition because it had to be into this, had to be molded into this kind of like arbitrary form or arbitrary connections to try to appeal to a wider audience? Is that is that what some of that is a pushback against that that then leads into embracing the intuition? Is that is that the formation here? I mean, I think those the shows like that, again, like they 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 have a place, but I I'm not going to go to those exhibitions. Uh, and, and, yeah, they do. I mean, I remember getting asked to be in, into, in Valentine's Day shows. and um, it, it, It's just I, I never felt super, super comfy with that, even though I did participate in some of them. I think I'm just going to shut up. i got to stop for a second. <laughs> I've, never, I've never been a part of a, I don't know, a – a theme show I, but I don't like being mm-hmm. told maybe that's the rebellion part of art I don't like being told what to make or what you know it's yeah like, it's so weird that's so weird we're, and we're maybe we're taking it too far I mean uh, no it's just our opinion We mm-hmm. I don't like it Joel doesn't like it but there are people out there that love it and that's fine yeah we're more than happy to go to you know do a studio visit but that's why there's critique, but the, the different galleries on our block that's why it's great to have every gallery you know there's people that like to walk down that block and there's there's a place for everyone yeah it's it's that it's part of the it's like this micro thriving arts community there are artists living there there are artists working there there are artists presenting their work there people have different tastes it's yeah yeah if you're just joining us i'm talking today with joel damon and josh powell about project project an independent contemporary art space in south omaha join the conversation on social media or call in with whatever Omaha issues on your mind this week with a brief voicemail to 402-881-0089 for a chance to be featured on one of our upcoming shows. 
How do you guys, how did you develop the confidence to trust your intuitions at so many stages as opposed to like, I think uh, an installation that has a theme, at least it's like easy to sort of say, okay, I don't have to generate in the same way as I would if it's entirely on my own, right? The complete blank canvas versus the constrictions in some cases, people like that, right? So like for you guys to operate the way you do, how did you get to the point where you trust yourself to arrive at the right answers? I know, do you know? You go ahead. Uh, I, I think when I became uh, able to articulate why I made the decisions I made confidently, that's when I felt comfortable um, trusting my gut as well. Is that the same for you? No, but <laughs> that's a no. That's a great answer. I, I think just working, I felt more comfortable uh, the more I think in the beginning that we were working together and just kind of going through that process of just like this is what I think, this is what I think. All right, and then like building off of that, um, yeah, that's where I gained kind of just my confidence. So. The pandemic must have been difficult as far as getting people into spaces to experience things. How's that impacted Project Project? We shut down. So we had a uh, we had an opening uh, opening reception for a new exhibition by Larry Buller, uh, who's just incredible ceramicist from Lincoln, um, and it was on March thirteenth of. That's the day everything shut down. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like it, we were we were you know sweeping uh, at. I don't know, 4, 4, 5 p.m., and the news is just blowing up and cars are driving down Vinton Street fast, and it was was weird. Um, And I, at that point, was, I was kind of in the position of, you know, because we had gone through swine flu and, um, oh, there was another one. Bird flu. Bird flu. um, And and it was just like, oh, you just, just chill out. You know, that was my sort of take on it and so I thought okay well we'll just we'll we'll do the opening and then we'll we'll just kind of see how this goes because I I don't you know I don't know what else to do uh and I would say it was a somewhat quiet night everyone was in a super weird mood and then yeah and then everything shut down and so we and so we shut down and we were closed until August or September that year and we started we Instead of postponing sh- or instead of delay or canceling shows, we just postponed them. And so every every single artist that we had on our calendar for uh, it was well over a year uh, worth of exhibitions. They were amazing, and they agreed to shift their calendars on a on a somewhat fluid basis until we could figure out what we were doing. And and almost every single exhibition worked out. The cool part has been, you know, turnout hasn't been incredible, uh, but that's okay. We have some pretty strict COVID rules. The The interesting part is art sales have been way up. Hmm. Um, and it, it follows, it follows a, uh, you know, other trends I see where the friends that own local businesses did really well this year. And, and I'm seeing more of a trend for folks supporting like really supporting or trying to support doing what they can uh, to support people that are in their community and it's it's uh, if that's true I hope it's true and if it is then you know we're seeing it at project project too we've been able to um, you know send out a lot of really nice payments to artists uh, for sales of their work it's, it's it's such a cool thing to be a part of what, what do you think accounts for that? Why is it that people are buying more art now? I, I got two. Uh, the, the, it's the same. They, it's why we all, you know, put up wallpaper and stuff. Uh, what, a year and a half ago, right, when we were starting to get really bored and just staring at our rooms and our houses and things like that. Uh, I think that was part of it. Um, I think also, again, just just – a little more a little more awareness uh, 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 about the impacts that that each of us can have 
it seems to be more common these days for people to be seeing that um, and, and and I hope it's that so I don't know yeah I would say that it brings them joy um, in a time that has seemed so kind of gloom um, buying things sometimes brings people joy but also the support supporting people like you said Joel um, that also brings people joy so it's both of those things kind of at the same time um, maybe are we are we like joy mongers maybe we pedal in joy. That's a but, nice like thing. People to pedal. are getting I, yeah, a lot yeah. worse. Oh yeah, geez. They're going out. You know, maybe it's like people weren't going out. People weren't spending a lot of money. Maybe they were on Amazon, but but they were they were going out to an exhibition. Um, maybe they wanted like a token of of that night out. Um, maybe a souvenir of sorts. But yeah, potentially people weren't spending a lot of money, and so maybe they just were more generous with it during that time I'll keep it up whatever whatever you do you were doing public <laughs> so let's turn then to uh, what's upcoming what what do you have up uh, you know up next I guess or further in ahead in 2022 for project project yeah we got some fun stuff coming up we've got so uh, uh, right now we're showing um, Anne Gustafson uh, she's a photographer she lives here now she um, just recently moved to Omaha though so kind of a cool uh, fresh perspective from a stranger you know uh, uh, next month is Ty- Tyler Emery the graffiti artist here in town uh, after that Michelle Signorino he's a oh geez a, a jack of all trades out of Wisconsin no wait yeah Wisconsin he's in Indiana now but I can't oh, remember okay, where yeah, he's I was going to say Indiana um uh he he has like a hundred and some. You know those. Uh, do you know what a carnival punk is? No. Uh, you've been to like a uh, like a World's of Fun sort of place. Yeah, at some uh, point, yeah, sure. The the half. It's like the upper torso of a humanoid figure with yellow fur around the outside of red fur, and it's got kind of clown face and whatnot. And you throw a ball at it and try to knock them down. Oh, they okay, have like yeah, a round, yeah, okay, yeah, kind of a round bottom or whatever. Yeah. Those are called punks. Okay. Um, he made he made like a hundred and I can hundred and some of these punks, uh, all just gorgeous, completely like lots of beautiful little in- intricacies and uh, things like that. He built the gates for the Jurassic Park movie for goodness oh, sake. Oh wow! Like That's the exciting. dude, the dude is a is a, a a true craftsperson. Like he 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 knows his uh, stuff like crazy. Um, so yeah, that's going to be a good one. Craig Roper, long time gnarly artist out of Lincoln. I don't know. It's good of, yeah, geez, <laughs> a lot to look forward to. Lots of lots of stuff. Yeah. Well, so I mean, where, where should people go then as we sort of wrap up here? What's the easiest way to either show up or just to learn more uh, about whatever is upcoming for uh, people who are interested? I'd say most up to date would probably be Instagram. That's that's for sure. That gets that has. M- the most current info on it. Uh, our website is meatloafmeatloaf.com. Um, you can go there and look at old posters and things like that and donate if you want. Um, Meat, hold on a second. Meatloaf, meatloaf? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. We, uh, I mean, you can, you can also go to projectprojectomaha.com. <laughs> Somebody already had Project Project. Yeah. And so Josh had the idea that if, you know, if Project Project's not going to be open forever, right? Uh one day it'll close and we'll go do something else. And Josh decided that we're going to call it Meatloaf Meatloaf. So we already bought the domain name. Yeah. We're just making good use of it now. Mm-hmm. Well, it's you know, in the passing of Meatloaf, is that hanging over this oh, decision? I, you know, I wonder if we're getting extra hits because of that. Probably. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Loaf. <laughs> Rest in peace, Meatloaf. <laughs> and, uh, you guys, uh, okay, so Project Project, are there any other things you want to plug before we wrap up here? Oh, man. Did we get like it all? what? Like just stuff, stuff about Project Project, or in general? Let's just you, say in general. You sure. wrote a book about a pandemic in Nebraska. 
Well, we don't, we don't have to plug that. I but mean, no, but I mean, like, how, wait, you did? How you crazy did? is that? I, I yeah, did, yeah, yeah, like ten oh. years ago now. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, I I made a huge miscalculation in my plot, which was I thought people would take it seriously. Uh, oh, oh, you thought like the the citizens in yeah. in 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 your book would take it seriously? Yes, uh, and, you know, which was uh, dramatized Nebraska. And yeah. So in my in my mind, they take it too seriously. So I was way off. Wow. So don't call me a prophet. Man, you're never gonna get a job on. <laughs> The Simpsons doing <laughs> prophetic work like that. Yeah, it's Jeez. true. But that's cool. Did you did it feel weird when like a, a pandemic hit? Um, kind of. I mean, but like pandemics have happened. I mean, I, I was I, I got I happened to read about the one a hundred years ago, and that was where I got the idea. Was that Spanish? Flu? Spanish flu. Yeah, and just hearing some of that in Nebraska. I don't remember even how I came across it, but just the idea was like, oh yeah. I mean, they, they say stuff like that's going to happen again someday. I want to write my version of it and. Yeah, I was I was too optimistic in thinking that people care about people. You know, it's really it's a difficult thing for people to do. It is, yeah. Yeah. You think art helps with empathy, with understanding and, and these sorts of problems that oh, uh, we don't have enough of, you know, that empathy now. Yeah, for sure. You know, but it's not going to pull everybody out of out of any, you know, I think if it just like anything if you've got I don't know how to put it like nicely, nicely. Like I think if you if you have a hardened heart to things, you're not going to be receptive even when they're trying, right? I yeah. So I mean, yeah. I think if if you if you get pissed off by a piece of art, you should spend even more time with it. Figure out why you why why is a painting affecting your day this heavily, right? Yeah. Not throw something at the painting or go yell at someone that did not have anything to do with the creation of that artwork think about like what can you do <laughs> to, to, to change this situation because that painting is not changing why does it make you feel that way Yeah, that's the sort of stuff but you know most people aren't, aren't down to ask themselves those questions well, I think they just that, want a point. I think that's a good thought for us to end on because that helps connect it to a general purpose. And uh, obviously people can check out Project Project, Meatloaf, Meatloaf, whatever you guys are doing. <laughs> so I just want to thank both of you for being here today. This has been great. Thanks, yeah, man. Thanks for having yeah, us. it was fun. Riverside Chance is a production of KIOS 91.5 FM, Omaha Public Radio. The show is produced and edited by Courtney Bierman. Our original music is written and performed by The Real Zebos. Our artwork is done by Ben Matukowitz. Remember, you can find the backlog of all of these conversations wherever you get podcasts. Subscribe today and please leave us a review. As always, thank you for listening. I'm Tom Noblock.